Welcome back to Scarlet and Maze. I'm Adam. This is Zach. Hi. More big football news to talk about. Ryan Day leaving to buy Urban Meyer's bar <laughs> that he got caught fooling around at. Thoughts? I'm, not I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, recapping basketball. Let's he, start with Michigan. What? Urban Meyer did sell his half, right? The, like, yeah, like he, he sold. Yeah. I'm just joking about Ryan Day. Yeah. Leaving Ohio State to purchase... Anyways. To leave you in Ohio State to purchase a bar in Columbus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Michigan at Penn State. <laughs> they came away with a one-point win. Wow. Then they friggin' destroyed yeah. Purdue, 82-58. I forgot they were playing. Turned it on, and it was like, what is going I on? didn't want to watch the game, and then I did, and I was, like, cackling at the end. Uh, and then there was a game against Ohio State. But we're going to start <laughs> with Penn State. Penn State has this crazy ability to make games disgusting and gross. Yeah. Uh, at this point for Michigan, a win is a win, and I'm not going to complain right. about a win. Hunter Dickinson had 19 points, 15 rebounds, 4 blocks, but he was super uncharacteristically inefficient. He was 6 for 20 wow. on field goals. Unsung hero was Eli Brooks going 7 of 8 from the line. Wow. Uh, moving on, I saw a tweet. What? I mean, just... Penn State clearly, as not great as they are, especially at home, can handle some good teams. And yeah, I mean, they Michigan's just beat Michigan a, State. And Michigan's not a good team. And Michigan was able to beat Penn State on the road. It's it's a big win because it's a win yeah. for Michigan. Yeah. yeah, especially a team that's not in the top. Like, if you, if you lose to a team that's not in the top there, yeah. it's going to hurt the resume. Yeah. Uh, I saw a tweet, I think, before the Purdue game that said Michigan either shoots 66% from three or 16% from three, <laughs> and there's no in-between. So Michigan went 12 for 21 from three. It's 57%. So yeah. there uh, technically is an in-between uh, against Purdue, and obviously blew them out. But the amazing stat to me is the 16. bench points. Oh, I was, so I Michigan's... Say, I thought you were going to say they shot 16% against Ohio State. That's uh, close. Michigan <laughs> scored 82 points against Purdue, right? They went 32 of 62, 6 of 7 from the line. Okay, so 32 made shots, 6 made free throws. Guess how many points came from the Michigan bench? How many? Guess. Wait, say it all again. 32 made baskets, 6 made free throws. How many came from the bench? I have no idea. Two points. Wow. Brandon Johns made one shot, and the whole bench combined... Went one of ten. Uh, so Michigan really needs more productive <laughs> minutes from their bench. The problem is I don't think they're going to get that until yeah. next year from those guys. Yeah. But that's astounding to me. 80 of 82 points from the starters. And we won. And they won the game. Like how often do you see that's just not sustainable. Yeah. And that's, I think, part of the problem this year. Like When Dickinson's on the court, they're usually okay. And when he comes off, they struggle. And it's not just him, but yeah. like other guys scored. Eli Brooks scored. Uh, Caleb Houston scored. But it's just like when you when you have to take any of those guys out because you can't just play your starters 40 minutes. Right. Goodness gracious, one for ten. Yeah. It's, uh, like, it's like in 2K when you turn fatigue off and only play your starters a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Ohio State lost at Rutgers by two. Yeah. Uh, oh. And then beat Michigan. We'll get to it. And then also beat Minnesota, holding them to 45 points, 70 to 45. Yeah. So the Rutgers game was, oh, that was a tough loss. It was such a good game. It was close, the whole game, back and forth, back and forth. About halfway through the second half, I was thinking, 
I don't think there's been a bigger lead than four. And then, of course, mm. Ohio State gets a five-point lead moments later, and they pop up on the screen and says, largest lead of the game by <laughs> either team. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's wild. It was like, with just was le- less than nine minutes ago when that happened. And um, tons of tides, tons of ties, tons of lead changes. And then it was just under four minutes ago, Ohio State had their biggest lead of the game, eight points. They had the ball going down the court, and I said, you need a bucket here. Put them away. Get a dagger. Go get a double-digit lead late, and they didn't get the dagger there. They didn't make another basket the rest of the game. Um, Rutgers went on a 10-0 run, and you said I didn't realize this. Geo Baker had eight of those points and the assist on the other basket. And Buckeyes just could not buy a bucket. Couldn't buy anything. Last 3:48 was a 10-0 run. To win yeah. by two for Rutgers. Yeah, that was tough. That's crazy. The, so, so you want me to talk about Minnesota game? Yeah, Minnesota, then we'll go Michigan. Okay, so um, Ohio State really struggled in the first half against Minnesota. They had the, the least amount of points they've had in a, in a half all season. Mm. Um, Minnesota was in a zone and um, was double-teaming Liddell every time he touched the ball, and the Buckeyes were really flustered, turned the ball over a lot, and could not – could not get the offense going at all. Only I think twenty three at halftime, and they were losing at halftime. But then they just really figured it out in the second half. Really got it going. Minnesota also doesn't have the depth to play a whole game that well. Yeah. And um, they put up forty seven in the second half. And Liddell started passing the ball out of those double teams really well. And then he even got his own buckets. He only had four points in the first half. Yeah. Ended with sixteen, and he hit some a couple deep threes that were really nice. I, Helped him pad his stats a little bit when they were up, but other than that, he had a he had a tough go of it scoring, but he was contributing in other ways like he does. And um, so after the tough first half, like I said, they put up 47 points in the second half, which would have been enough to just beat Minnesota in general. Yeah. They could have scored zero points in the first <laughs> half and had really their lowest scoring half of the season, and still would have won because the Golden Gophers had 45 the whole game. Wild Minnesota. That's one of the. I have two takeaways. Ohio State scored 47 in the second half. Minnesota scored 45 for the game on 30% shooting. Yeah. Uh, and then Minnesota had 13 turnovers and 16 made shots. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm curious what it was in the second half. How many of those turnovers? Because they were turning yeah. the ball over a lot in the second half. Not good. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State. I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, I think Liddell showed why he should be getting more love for Big Ten Play of the Year and being All-American. He balled out, and I thought it was a good game for the most part. I mean, it's close till the last couple minutes. Yeah, the first half was back and forth the whole half, and then Ohio State had a slight lead most of the second half, but then stretched out a little bit towards the end. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good game, Ohio State hasn't played well on the road in the Big Ten, and so it was good. It was good to get a win on the road. Yeah. Uh, Michigan shot 41% overall, 23.5% from three. Um, Michigan had been playing well, so hopefully this is just the result of it being the third game in five days and having tired legs and not just Michigan reverting back to being terrible. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't think it was the factor in the game. You know where I'm going. Uh But yet again, it was a factor. We both... Both of us yeah. thought the officiating was bad. Uh, we don't see eye to eye on exactly how yeah. the, fi- the officiating was bad. But. You you think it was bad as far as it was skewed more towards 
helping Ohio State. I think it was just inconsistent like it is all the time. I do think it's inconsistent, especially in the Big Ten, across basketball, across football. But E.J. Liddell did whatever he wanted in this game, and I'm not just talking about making whatever shot he took, which he did. Uh, But one of the first plays of the game, maybe the first play, I don't remember specifically, but Hunter Dickinson got called for a charge for backing down Kyle Young. And then every single time that E.J. Liddell was guarded by Musa Diabate, he would lower his shoulder, ram into him, ram into him, ram into him because Musa Diabate weighs less than me. And never, there was zero charges called on E.J. Liddell, Musa Diabate, whatever, finished with four fouls. Not all of them looked legit. Some of them did. But especially his fourth, which took him out of the game, he would... Games that Diabate has especially scored a lot, he's played a lot more. He was scoring, he was playing well, and he was on the bench because of fouls all game. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson finished with four. EJ Liddell finished with two. I wonder if you can contribute the calling an offense foul on Kyle Young, who is a super senior, on Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Kyle Young's defending him. Kyle Young draws the offensive foul. Compared to Diabate, who's a true freshman, but this is where referees should be better than that. Yeah, you shouldn't have to flop. And, and you shouldn't have to draw the foul. I mean, the, the offensive called. foul in general is my least favorite part of basketball right yeah. now. When you just when the defensive play is get in the way and stand there and get hit, pisses me it's off. Like a, that, it's that, so weak. It's like that clip I sent you of the, the inbounds play. where the, Yeah, I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Zach sent me a clip. The team was losing, so an offensive player got in the way as the player was running the baseline, took a charge from the defender. Yeah. They made free throws. Or not, I, I don't know if oh, it's yeah. a charge. It would be a block, I guess. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Just stand in the way, get run over. It's the weakest. Just play defense. You can get a charge if you're playing defense and they yeah. run over you. Hypothetically, also the officials suck, and so who knows what they're going to call. Right, right. Whatever. Uh E.J. Liddell finishes with two fouls, despite Dickinson with four, Diabate with four, Terrence Williams, I think, had three. There was one play I kept bringing up that night that they even showed in slow motion so that they could highlight how dominant E.J. Liddell was on both ends of the court where he blocked Diabate, except you could see on slow-mo he didn't touch the ball and he hit both of Diabate's arms. Is that the one where he swatted it and the ball went flying? No. Oh, okay. When he swatted, and Diabate's arms go like this, and then Diabate just looks at the ref. Surprised they didn't give him a tech, because refs are softer than freaking my baby's poop right now. <laughs> Whatever. I'm honestly just so sick. Like, moving on past the Ohio State game, and we'll talk more about officiating a little bit later, yeah. because I want to. I'm so sick of hearing that bad calls happen both ways and everyone deals with officiating. I'll just keep going back to, okay, we established that before that, uh, 2012 is the last time a bad call or calls swung a football game in Michigan's favor. I could go through, in both football and basketball, a number of games where head-scratching calls or non-calls shifted a game away from Michigan. When, since 2012, have bad calls swung one game in Michigan's favor? I'll wait. I know that non-Michigan fans will just say, this is another example of a Michigan fan whining about the refs uh, because 
that's what they do when they can't give one single example. I hear you about the refs, but I do think, like, surprisingly, with how many blocks he gets and how well a defense he plays, I think Liddell is special at using his athleticism to get blocks compared to using his size to get blocks. He's also good at using his shoulders to plow defenders into position when they call the charge earlier in the game on a Michigan player for not even lowering his shoulder. Because an Ohio State player flopped, yeah. as you said, and the officials should be better than that. And that's just frustrating to me. Bottom line, uh, officials affect games and have zero accountability. Show me one game this decade where a key call or non-call swung a game in Michigan's favor, and I will shut up forever. Uh, could Michigan have played better? Yes, they didn't shoot 100%. They didn't have no turnovers. They didn't hold Ohio State to zero points. Is officiating the reason they lost? No, but you can't tell me that EJ Liddell playing 36 minutes because they only called two fouls on him while forcing contacts on both ends of the court didn't impact this game as it was a close game. Are officials scheming to hurt Michigan? Stop. No. But we still need accountability from these laughingstock turds in both football and basketball because it's ruining the frickin' game. Moving on. I do think surprisingly with how, like I said before, it's, I think it's contributed to his athleticism, but EJ Liddell surprisingly does not get in foul trouble very often at all with how, with how aggressive he is on defense and on offense. You know who also surprisingly doesn't get his, in as much foul trouble as they should? Brad Davison. <laughs> and that guy's a frickin' joke. <laughs> Michigan coming up as they're going to Iowa and to Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan really needs at least one of these. Yeah. I'll say they beat Iowa and then lose at the Troll Center because it's the frickin' Troll Center. They need the Wisconsin one more, though. Iowa's not a great team. They're not, but... Yeah. I mean, I, I think Iowa and Wisconsin are kind of close, but... I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All this just to get to the NIT anyways. What are your predictions? Um, I don't know. Those are both tough. And, I mean, Michigan deceivingly crept up the standings, but I think it was because they were playing some bad teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go on two here with two good teams on the road. That would be a bummer. Ohio State is hosting Iowa and then hosting Indiana. Yeah. Two games at home. I think, I think they should – Get them both done. I think they will get them both done. I worry more about Iowa than Indiana just because I don't like Indiana. Didn't Indiana beat Ohio State by like yeah. 15 earlier? Yeah, I just don't like Indiana. So right. they're going to beat them. I think Ohio State wins both, but I said if I think if they lose one, it'll be against Indiana. I think if they lose one, it'll be Iowa. Hopefully, no hopefully we're both a little right and they lose both. <laughs> that would be fun. But going back to officiating, not specifics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was living up to. Uh, the Michigan fan stereotype yet again during the game, but you also said you thought the officiating was awful. I don't want to talk about it specifically. I don't want to talk about more how Liddell finished with two, while Dickinson and Diabate both ended up with four, despite Michigan shooting just about double the shots in the paint that Ohio State did, while Ohio State shot a lot of jumpers. I don't want to talk about this one game because it's more than just this one game. It hasn't been... Just about one game for a really long time. Let's start on the common ground that we have, Zach. That Big Ten officiating is bad in both football and basketball. So I have three questions. Why is it so terrible? Well, I mean, I think the biggest reason it's terrible is because of the inconsistency. If you can call, if you can lay down the letter of the law and know, make it 
very clear. This is when you're ticky tack. When you're calling ticky tack files, this is when you're calling nothing. And everybody's on the same page. All the refs across the board. I think that'd be great. I think it's just hard that I don't think I think. Even, Why do you think it's so hard? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, feel like I'm it shouldn't ne- be. It's the same group of guys cycling all these games. I've never refed in my life. I it seem I would never want to ref in my life. It yeah. seems like a really hard job to do, and I think that's part of the reason it can be hard to be completely unbiased all the time, and it can be hard to. I mean, especially like, like if I was to ref a Big Ten game, seeing these. Like, I'd just be in awe half the time, I feel like, of how awesome these players are and just how cool it is. Well, plus, if you were going to officiate, you'd end up being 60 years old, and then you're tired and old, you have stupid eyes. And yeah. Whatever. I also probably would want to wear my glasses, and then I'd be blind. See? Yeah. So I, I think it's so terrible because there's zero accountability. Officials are part-time. Yeah. And officials are old. So these old guys, older guys at least are working jobs, and they're flying around the country to officiate, to try to keep up with these young men. Yeah. And it's hard. I like I, I ref one game of third-grade basketball, and I was like, I can't handle it. I also am not like, pay me to do this. Yeah. I was like, I'm not good at this. I don't want why, to do this. Why can't it be a full-time job? It could be. We'll get to that. That's question number three. Question number two, is there anything that can be done to fix it, what do you think? I mean, I, like I said, being more consistent, making it real clear across the board, everyone's calling the same things. But I will say, recently, I've been talking about it with a Michigan State fan, um, Joe Bashong, who's telling me that him and his brother, Scott Bashong, were talking about their proposal of that the Big Ten should only call flagrant fouls in Big Ten play. <laughs> That's all I should That's a called. Michigan State answer right there because yeah. they wear football pads in practice and whatever. <laughs> That's I just funny. thought it was funny. I, I had to give him a shout out because we were talking about it recently. He's he the godfather to my child. Yeah, but I think that's stupid. He's the <laughs> he's the dad to my girlfriend. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think they need to hire younger guys, or at least a mix of younger guys. So you can't have all fifty, sixty year old guys on the same crew. Yeah. You need to mix it up so some of the guys are younger, more energy, whatever. Mix them in with the geezers. Have them answer questions from reporters after the game to help them yeah. help hold them accountable. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, I think you need to pay them enough to make them full-time and put in the contract you're not allowed to have other work. Like, part of the reason you're doing this is so that their energy is spent on this. Review the rules, review yeah. the tape, see where you messed up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that will help attract better people for the job. If you're paying enough to make them full-time – You'll get better guys, younger guys, keep them working for you. Part of the problem with football, I guess, is that the Big Ten refs kept getting hired by the NFL, the good ones, and then we're left with these retread Ohio freaking guys that ended up in the game in 2016. Like, legit. But to be fair, let them not be as tired, especially the older guys. Let them spend their time focusing on this so that it's better. Yeah. What? To be fair about your Ohio point, there's just a lot of there's a lot of football. It's a lot of football. Yeah, there's not football across the country. I mean, there's uh, more, I mean, just like the whole state. My problem is isn't guys from Ohio. My problem is the guys from Ohio that were not allowed to work the game. Yeah. Some got fired from the Big Ten and then rehired and somehow allowed to work that game. This year, one of those guys was on the crew again, and it wasn't an issue, obviously. Yeah, but 
2016 was a different story. I don't think so. Why aren't these things seemingly being addressed? Money. That's it. Yeah. So this convo well, is worthless because things won't change because we keep watching. Well, I, yeah, yeah, that's hard. That's a good point. But, yeah, it just seems like they could, the money's there. The sport brings in so much money. Yeah. Like. But that, it's, a, it's either their money or they spend it on something that they don't think needs to be fixed because people keep watching, which causes more money to come in. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, let's protest it. Maybe it's just me getting older. I'm getting more and more pissed and more and more willing to not watch every game because of of the officiating. I watched, honestly, I watched the Ohio State-Michigan football game with the remote right nearby in case the officiating got out of hand again because that official. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just, and I would never miss the game. I just almost willingly did. And the rest were horrible at game. Yeah. In Michigan's favor. You saw the holding calls, you know. Yeah, see, there, there's my example, and now I can't complain anymore. I'm just joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to complain until I die. Because there are no examples. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, uh, just, it just sucks. Just, it's, it's, just fix it. It sucks that it's all about money, and it's not about the sport. The love of the game. The love of the game. Yeah. Zach, I'll let you go first. Any Big Ten thoughts? I mean, I feel like it's... I, we said it came down to that game last week, the Illinois-Purdue game, and then Purdue stomped them, but then got stomped by Michigan and opened <laughs> things wide open again. I think it's that the run for the regular season championship game still very much so wide open with not a lot of games left. I think even Rutgers is on a roll right now. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got a win streak going, and they've got uh, a few more games against teams at the top of the standings. They could make some movements. I, th- I think there's really six teams right now not really counting records, five teams that could win the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, my only thought is Michigan State beat – it's more of an observation. Yeah, yeah. They uh, beat headless Maryland by two and then lost three of the next four, including by 21 to Rutgers and then to Penn State. Their remaining schedule is this. Hold on to your butt, Zach. Yeah, maybe maybe count, not count Michigan State either. There's four teams that could win the Big Ten. They host number 12, Illinois, then go to Iowa – then host number five, Purdue, then go to Michigan. Then they go to number 18, Ohio State, and then they finish the season hosting Maryland. So of those six games, Illinois at Iowa, Purdue at Michigan, at Ohio State, against Maryland, how many do you think they win? Say it again. Yeah. Let me put it in front. Right here. So they host Illinois, then go to Iowa, then host Purdue, then at Michigan, at Ohio State, against Maryland. I don't know if they go five hundred. That's I. I think they go two and four. Yeah. I think they can win. I think that they're going to win two of Iowa, Michigan, or Maryland. And that's and that's all with the way things are trending with Michigan State right now, with them coming off of a bad loss against Penn State, getting whooped by Rutgers. I mean, part of that was the schedule. They they have a little tough yeah. end to the season, but. Yeah, but, I mean, they always could build that momentum back up and win some more games. I mean, last year they won out of nowhere. What do you think is more likely, 4-2 or 0-6? Oh, let me look at it again. Mm-hmm. They won't go 0-6. What do you just think won't. is more likely? Do you think they're going to get 4? I mean, that's fine if you pick 4-2. What do you well, think that, is more they, likely, 4-2 or 0-6? 4-2. I disagree. I really agree. I mean, I think, I think Michigan's winnable. Obviously, Maryland. Obviously, 
Um, what was the other one I thought was really well? Iowa is tough, but still winnable. It's winnable, but you would have thought they would have beat Rutgers. You thought they would have beat Penn State. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that, but I still think it's I think it's more likely that they win four of them than they win, especially with Tom Izzo coaching. Let's bet lunch on it. If they go four and two, I'll buy you lunch. If they go zero oh and six, you buy me lunch. If it's okay. anything else, nothing. Cool deal. deal. I got it. My thumb hurts. Yeah. Poorly. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I obviously don't know what seed Michigan State is going to be in the tournament, but they're not winning more than a game. And I'll double down on my preseason prediction well, that Izzo retires after this season or after next off se- or after next season. Well, He's losing double, his mind. You're going to double down on your um, Nebraska? Nebraska's <laughs> winning the Big Ten tournament, baby. They're making it. Uh, this... Let's transition to Tweet of the Week. This is from Brendan Quinn of The Wait, Athletic. Let's re- we, should talk, we should bring up my hot takes again. What were they? I don't remember. I know, <laughs> I know, I know um, EJ Liddell um, being in the Big Ten Player of the Year conversation was one of them, uh-huh. for sure. That one is right so far. So we'll just talk about that one. Just that one. He's good. He's really good. And you didn't believe me. You kind of believed uh, me. Yeah, I, I said I wish he was on Michigan because he's yeah. really good. But, but he was like, he's like... You didn't realize he's really good. <laughs> he's doing better than I thought, yeah. and I thought he was going to do good. I th- none of what he does surprises me, Yeah, to be honest. I knew he was a baller coming into the season, which I should. I'm an honestly fan. I should yeah. a baller. It's all right. I thought Michigan was going to be really good. <laughs> uh, from Brendan Quinn of The Athletic. So this goes into – this is connected to my preseason prediction that Izzo retires either this offseason or next. From Brendan Quinn of The Athletic reacting – to Tom Izzo not letting any oh, yeah. players talk to the media after their first loss, or after, not their first loss, after their loss to Penn State. He says, really is wild. Consider some of the times Izzo made players speak. After other bad losses, after suspensions, after off-court trouble, when, Nassar, when the Nasser scandal rocked campus, when Miles Bridges was named in the Yahoo report, etc. No hiding. Pretty stunning to lock it down tonight. They were 17-4 and before they just lost three or four, and people were excited about them. It's just pretty crazy. I kept seeing Michigan State fans say Michigan was in shambles after the reigning college football national coach of the year who just won the Big Ten and made the playoff came back to Michigan. But whatever. There's definitely nothing to see here. There's an argument that they're in shambles. They're in shambles they because... They both their coordinators. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing to see here with Izzo treating his current basketball team losing... Like any number of his players that got in trouble for, we'll just say, off-court problems in case any kids are watching. He just has them living in his basement away from media scrutiny. Uh, Really, I wonder if all of this just means he'll be conflicted about Steven Izzo naming his first kid after Joey Hauser or someone with serious legal allegations. Hauser's hilarious. (laughs) Tweet of the week? I mean, that that might be... the one point that I take from that that might be he's retiring is Hauser is the worst starter in the Big Ten, and he just continues to start. And I just don't know Over what Malik Hall. I don't know what Izzo's thought is there. Malik Hall's doing better and better. Literally the worst player I've ever seen to start in the history of the Big Ten. It's terrible. Uh, he's awful. 
He's a liability on both ends. Yeah, didn't uh, Foster Lawyer start some games for Michigan State? Dude, I would take. Dude, you see him balling out at Davidson? At Davidson, yeah. He's balling out. He's not playing in the Big Ten anymore. Yeah, he, but when he started games, he didn't play bad because he was playing. It was before Big <laughs> when Ten. He was play. getting chest stomped by Duke and getting called for a foul. <laughs> Oh, God bless Foster Lawyer. Okay, my tweet, Missy, of, buddy. My tweet of the week is um, it's from Ohio State on Big Ten Network uh, official account. They tweeted at easy2432. That's EJ Liddell's uh, on Twitter. I follow him. Um, on a roll this season, and it's a picture of um, a graphic of this season. He is in the top 20 in the Big Ten in points, field goals, rebound, field goal percentage, rebounds, blocks, and assists, and is the only player in the NCAA averaging 19.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, 2.5 blocks per game, and 2.5 assists per game. Um, and it just goes to show how all around, all over the court, both sides of the ball is just balling out. Great player. National player of the year in my mind. He won't be, but he'll be an All-American at least. He's all right. All American. Well, with that, um, buy your punchkeys at Quality Dairy. Other than that, go blue, fire the officials. Go Buckeyes.